in the bullpen. You might want to watch where you're stepping. Here's American Shorthorn Association CEO, Monty Souls. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Shorthorn Bullpen. I'm your host, Monty Souls, and today we're joined by Eric Grant of Grant Company. We're going to talk a little bit about some marketing ideas, as Eric has had a lot of experience his entire lifetime with marketing of purebred livestock and commercial cattle. So, Eric, just give me a little bit of background about yourself. Uh, I know you live in St. Joe, and you used to work for the American Angus Association, and now you started Grant Company, which has been really quite successful. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, having me on the show. Appreciate it very much. Uh, I've been in uh, marketing and advertising since about 1986 in cattle. And my first job was with the Simmental Shield magazine in 1986. I was with them for a little while. And then 1990, I went to the National Cattlemen's Association, worked for them for a year or so. And then in 93, I, uh, I went out on my own, started my own freelance business and worked for Farm Journal, American Cowboy Magazine, and some of the uh, seed stock producers around the country doing their advertising and marketing. And then in 2007, I went to the American Angus Association to create their creative media uh, program, which helped them get into video and, and, and social media and those kinds of things. And then I took over the uh, PR department as their director in 2009. And then in 2014, I became president of Angus Media, which is the publisher of the Angus Journal, the Angus Beef Bulletin. We also uh, produced the Angus Report TV show and I Am Angus uh, TV show, which we're on RFT TV. We're both sounding like an ad for Angus here, but yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get back to Shorthorn in a minute, folks. Yeah. But continue, Eric. I, I forget how many years I've worked with you now. Uh, well, it's been four or five. Five or six, I think. Yeah, actually. it's been a while. It's been yeah. really, really yeah. enjoyable and watching yeah. the growth of the Shorthorn yeah. thing happen. So. And he's really been a great asset for us here in the Shorthorn breed. So I'm just going to ask Eric very briefly, you know, you've been part of our organization that helped us with some promotional activities here for probably five or six years now. So what have you seen change within the shorthorn breed specifically since you've been involved? And tell me a little bit about how you, you've interacted with our people at our annual meeting and, and you, you just really have a, a good feel as you're part of the family, really. Yeah, I think the first thing that I, that you notice when you when you interact with shorthorn people is a sense of appreciation, you know, for what they have and uh, the sense of uh, the, that there's momentum with the breed right now. And I think that's, that's, that's great because it is a highly competitive environment for, for seed stock and for shorthorn to see the kind of demand and growth that they've experienced the last couple of years is really exciting and it's fun to be a part of that. Um, I, I, I think one of the things, uh, being a smaller breed, is that you kind of have to sharpen your pen a little bit and be innovative in how you go about promoting because you don't have the big budgets that like an Angus Association does. You have to be creative and innovative in how you do that. And I think um, you've been a big believer, for instance, in, in RFD TV for many, many years, and uh, so have I. And I think that's an area where Shorthorn has really carved out uh, an, a niche in the beef business to, to promote cattle that way. And the great thing about television I really like is that you don't know who's watching, you know. You could reach somebody somewhere who's got some land thinking about getting into the cattle business and you hit the right note and all of a sudden they're in. And uh, that's great. And while most breed associations tend to focus on print or social media, Shorthorn has a good balance between all of those different areas. And I think mm -hmm. that's really commendable. 
No, I, I appreciate that. And, and you've been a big part of that growth that we've done and, and the amount of activity we've done on RFD TV and the American Rancher Show, of course. And we've done some private shows on RFD TV. So Eric sat here talking about 19, whatever it was, 83 or something a long time ago. I didn't think he was quite that old. So I'm not going to ask him how old he is because I know he isn't as old as I am, but, but he's getting closer, I got a hunch. <laughs> With all that experience, you've been around in this industry for a long time. Mm -hmm. You've loved the Western art. The Western way of life has, has meant a lot to you personally, and you, 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 we don't want to lose it in our world. And I, I've shared with Eric over, over time that probably one of the greatest advertising campaigns when I went to college, that was a few years ago, was the Marlboro Man. Now, I'm not sure how many of you out there even remember the Marlboro Man, mm -hmm. but that's the Western cowboy with the rough shaven face and throws his leg over the saddle horn and sits up there and smokes a cigarette. Of course, you can't advertise cigarettes anymore today. So life has changed everywhere. So how has it changed in the purebred cattle business when it's time to market cattle? Let's look at our breeders. Let's talk directly to a, a shorthorn breeder or maybe any other breeder of any other breed that could take some, some hints that you can figure out. This has really changed. Our industry is so much different since you started to where we're at today. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that uh, individual breeders are in much greater control of how they communicate to their audience. Um, Shorthorn Country is a great magazine, and 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 it's and and you're in a in a rare position where you've got a great um, printed piece that reaches a lot of your breeders. But you're reaching an audience that you know. What's happened the last uh, couple decades is that you can now not just reach people that you know are there, but also reach people that you don't know. And, and the key, I think, is, is balancing those two things because you, you have to shore up your base with your print advertising, your traditional way of communicating with your audience, but you also need to be continuously reaching out so you can grow your business. And that's what social media has done more than anything. And, uh, and, and, and even the use of, of smartphones, being able to text video or photos of, of good cattle that you want to sell to potential buyers, all that stuff just, just really put you in control of, of, of what you can do compared to what we were 30 years ago, where you're really dependent on somebody else to carry your message for you. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I guess from my chair that I look at as a breed executive when, when we're talking about the, the social media thing that, that, that's available to breeders today is the importance. And, and so I'm going to ask you to kind of elaborate a little bit on this. The importance of the presenting the image of your farm. Good pictures are worth a lot of money. Yeah, and, and, and the, the challenge of social media is, as you say, is, is not just the demand for good pictures, but also interesting pictures and continuous pictures. You know, you have to have a plan of execution. You just can't just post a few now and then and, and hope that you're going to keep an audience. That's not going to happen. I think it's an opportunity to tell the story of your farm or ranch through the seasons, through calving season, through turnout, through grazing, through through uh, the fall gather, you know, shipping, uh, all those kinds of things that keep, you know, you, you are the writer of your own story and that's the power of what social media does and that continuous contribution of that story through good photos of good cattle. I mean, there's nothing that's going to drive more engagement with your audience than just good pictures of good cattle. Just period. You know, you don't have, it's no more complicated than that. But you're also building a story around it. And really the story is what builds value into the brand for your farm or your ranch in the end. And that story, uh, if, if we look at our consumers, which is our ultimate customer, 
in the beef business, whether we're purebred or commercial, our consumers want to hear the story. They want to know the story of what's going on with the product. They want to know the story of their food today. As you sat there talking about it, it, it brought back to my mind before my job and my time here with Shorthorn, uh, we ran a ranch and we did our own newsletter, quarterly newsletter. The most important part of that newsletter was around the ranch, what the kids were doing, what the kids, what band concert they were playing, what sports they were doing, the things that the families were doing on the ranch, and they become connected with our operation and become a family member of that operation as a customer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the part that this industry has that's unique maybe to any other industry. The, the one thing I always like to make this comment, and you may not agree, so you can sure say so, <coughs> this is the only business I know that our customers are also our competitors in many ways. Mm -hmm. And so we have to keep that in, in focus. So that, that family story, and, and you've been in this family forever, just like I have, but that connection that we make with our customer base that they really become part of our family yeah. is so unique in, in the purebred cattle business that uh, sometimes we forget that we still got to, they're our customer and we still got to take care of them like a customer. Yeah, and, you know, and several years ago to take that one step further down the path, um, you know, you, the Shorthorn Association was very innovative in the way they launched America's first Shorthorn Beef, which allows individual breeders to, to have a label that that the Shorthorn Association has created to market beef directly to consumers in their neighborhood or local towns or wherever. Mm -hmm. um, and, and going back to you don't know who's watching, social media um, allows you to reach those people beyond your ranch and your customer's ranch, you know. And, and, and really there are a lot of people out there who now live in cities who had a grandma or grandparents who raised shorthorn cattle and they want that connection again you know and mm -hmm. they and they, every time they go to the grocery store they say to themselves man I wish I could get beef like what we had uh, back at the grandparents ranch you know and this is the opportunity and uh, so when you're posting pictures of shorthorn cattle to promote cattle sales to your customers you're also potentially creating a bridge to people who want to buy your beef and who want to make that connection back to the farm again. It's, and it's extremely important because ultimately that consumer is who's going to consume our product. Mm -hmm. And they need to become our friends and our allies in, in, our, in our business. And the more acquainted we become with them, the, least, the lesser problems we're going to have. Mm -hmm. And we got to talk to the public out there about not just shorthorn cattle, about our product, our beef. It's a wholesome food and, and the good things about the family life that's raising it. Well, you know, shorthorn has a great story to tell. This breed of cattle in the United States goes back to, uh, you know, the 1700s, late 1700s. The association's the oldest beef breed association in the country. And, and you don't maintain records and pedigrees on cattle unless you care about them, you know. And I think that the registration paper, for instance, is people want uh, um, source and, and process verification. What, what greater, more powerful tool is there than the registration paper? And I think that's something that breed associations really have um, an under, under leveraged story 
And so that's, that's a huge foundation to build on because everybody's trying to build that story with information. The other thing is that, that ranching and the, and the use of natural forages and, 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 you know, I grew up in Colorado and uh, a ranch was the last bulwark between development and that, that, op that open valley, that, that pristine open valley being developed and all that habitat being gone. You know, I, th I think farms and ranches around the country have that story to tell too, which is if you want to preserve the natural environment, no better way to do it than with grazing cattle. So the value of shorthorn cattle, the breed's always going to be what the people are, and it's only going to be as strong as the people are strong. And we go back so you make the reference back to the 1700s, and we are the oldest purebred beef breed in the United States. We are the first. So America's first, to me, doesn't just speak of the past. It also speaks of uh, progress, which is, you know, so for instance, the America's first um, shorthorn beef program. Now, there's no, no other thing like it, you know. Mm -hmm. So you were first there. You know, first in genomics, first in, in, in performance, all those kinds of things. It, it speaks about where you're headed as well. So I think it works both ways. I, I think that the challenge that the shorthorn breed faces as it grows, and it's growing, and you've got a lot of new members, is maintaining the quality um, that you've built into the breed as it grows. Because a lot of the times you see breeds that grow fast, they, they lose sight of that. And, and they start getting cattle that are, you know, not, not up to snuff into the system. And that's when you start get building reputations out there that you don't want. So I think it's really, really important for shorthorn breeders to stay focused on, on being the first in technology and genomics and in, in maintaining great records. Uh, focusing on consumer traits, uh, the great consumer traits that the breed has, but not letting the dollar... Um, dictate whether you should call that bad one or not. And you should call the call the bad ones all the time. Get them out of the system. Don't allow the don't allow those bad cattle to get, to get in there. Especially people are paying premium prices for them. The most important thing, and the most important process that a purebred breeder does or a seed stock producer does is call, because we don't need them. If you don't need them, nobody else needs them. Don't pass them on. That's the only way you're going to make your in herd improvement, let alone breed improvement. And it's, it's really an important part of maintaining that quality animal going forward. So what have you seen change in the auction sales? I mean, we can go back to Denver, for example, and you're from Colorado, and you know you probably went to Denver when you were yay tall. And uh, you know, it used to be those big commercial outfits would come to Denver and buy a two, two train loads, basically, a car or two railroad cars full of bulls and send them back home. Now they'll go to the farm and buy bulls. They don't, you don't really see that much activity at, for, at that level on, because they're buying program. Mm -hmm. And so what do you see that change and how that's changed and how the social media, uh, how we can use social media sales, the internet sales versus auction sales and traditional auction sales, I should say. And I mean, we're not even running them through the ring anymore. No. Yeah, so much of this has been dictated a lot by labor, you know, uh, used to hire a big crew to, to, on auction day to push cattle through the ring and all those kinds of things. But also the advent of the internet and being able to stream, you know, um, an auction online. I mean, it, it's definitely changes. And I think, I think, you know, if you look specifically at the shorthorn thing, probably the biggest thing in the last five years is the interest of commercial producers in shorthorn bulls. 
And, and, and I've always said that the, the biggest challenge in marketing in the beef business is how do you reach commercial producers consistently. Now the national magazines in our business have, have consolidated. You know, Beef Magazine doesn't do a print. Um, beef Today went out of business about 20 years ago. You know, so how do you how do you how do you reach that audience? And I, and you know, we talked a lot about social media. We talked about a lot about television, those kinds of things. But but sometimes you know, a, a really really good mailing list um, and and a handwritten letter to some mm -hmm. cowboy in Montana will probably get his attention more than, than anything because a lot of these commercial guys don't have time and they, they don't want to mess on social media either. So I think don't don't dismiss those personal interactions now they're not coming to you know the national western like they used to you know and you got to really work at finding those people and identifying those people and there's you know there's sale reports that are posted of other breeds online you can find out where some of those people are pay attention to those kinds of things um, get those people in your database you know try to try to find them but it's something you got to work at all the time and um, as far as you know sales I don't know where the sales are going to be you know um, five, ten years down the road. It's really, really changing fast. I was just up at Jungles, you know, they, a couple of weeks ago. They don't run any cattle through the ring. It's, you know, it's all done kind of virtually. It's just really efficient, and you give people access to look at the cattle. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to be um, a completely different environment in five or ten years than what we're seeing now, stuff that we can't even envision we're going to be selling cattle that way. I, I'm not sure I got the crystal ball that I can rub to make all this happen, but I do see <clears throat> that we're going to use this technology. It's going to become a bigger part of our marketing process for purebred breeders, for the association, uh, breed associations. and, and I mean, even when you look at the commercial deal, which I totally agree, you've got to get this commercial acceptance and get this commercial basis put underneath your breed, mm -hmm. and everything else takes care of itself almost. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that, that's why I've always felt like we've had to have this big presence at National Cattlemen's Association. Yeah, and one thing I, I do want to say, I get this question a lot from everybody uh, that's interested in promoting their product, and they always ask me, where, should, where do we need to be putting our money? You know, do we need to be all in digital? Do we need to be all in print? You know, do we need to be getting out of print? I think you've got you, you to gotta really look at being in, in all of them as much as you can. I think it's critically important that you support your breed publication. Um, it's really important because that's that's how you control the message of your breed. You know, you've got to make that investment just because it's good for the breed. Um, but but don't discount any of those other areas. Go to trade shows. Go to your local cattlemen's convention. Get to know people. Um, you know, personal interaction is really cre uh, critical. Um, handwritten letters, postcards, those kinds of things. Direct mail, I think, is still very effective. You got to be. You got to be in all those areas. No, it, it it is a it is really a changing world. I mean, I use the term AI, and I'm not talking about breeding cows. Now, I'm talking about artificial intelligence. And Eric actually was the guy that put me onto the AI, the artificial intelligence, and and we're using it in this office. And I use it more than I probably should at my age, but I I think I, I need it as a crutch. Yeah, th there's a a lot of really interesting things going on in AI. And I I don't know where this where this takes us, um, but from our standpoint of you know uh, when we do advertising, marketing, and communications, I mean you can ask. Uh, we go use a website called ChatGPT, um, and I think this is an area where where individual shorthorn breeders, if they have difficulty writing um, social media posts, for instance, they can go in and write you know, something that they wanted to say and it'll it'll kick out a polished couple of sentence to post 
I will say this, as I tested out what you told me. Mm -hmm. Folks, just go to chat GPT and write in there, why should I raise registered shorthorn beef cattle? It'll tell you real quick. It, it'll write you a contract yeah. in, in 30 seconds, yeah. you know, instead yeah. of spending three days on it. So give me a little input from your viewpoint as you sit here and look at marketing of a breed and of individual breeders of the importance of the data, the documentations that we put on these cattle EPDs, indexes, all the performance data that, that we attach to cattle today. All breeds are doing it. Uh, it it's, it's, it's for sure needed. And, it, and, it, and, and I know from my past history, I made less mistakes with the more information I had. So how do we share that with our future customers so they have this confidence in first the shorthorn cattle and second, if I'm an operator, you know, my, my herd. Producers, they've made improvements in, in end product quality and marbling and calving ease and, and growth and those kinds of areas. And when they use a breed, non-Angus breed, they just want the assurance that they're not going to take a step back, you know. And if anything, they want to see some improvement. And I think there's a lot of areas where shorehorn can, can improve Angus and Angus-based cattle. And, and I think that's the huge opportunity with information and genomics and all those kinds of things. You can, you can validate and, and, and get those concerns off the table. Every breed has its place. And, and our breed, the shorthorn breed, I think, uh, as we look at heterosis, hybrid vigor, or crossbreeding programs, uh, shorthorns really excel in this. We're, we're seeing that even more so as, as we get more activity happening that way of what you're describing. And, uh, you know, not only do they not want to go backwards, they want to go forward. So they can start to look at that data that a shorthorn has because we're part of the IGS system. We've got one of the largest crossbred EPD genetic evaluations there ever was, probably ever will be at this point in time. And as a result, it gives a confidence level that these cattle will do what they say they will. And you can gain some marbling if you need to gain, some yield grade if you want to gain there, what, growth, whatever, whatever you need, maternal qualities. I mean, we, we like to think of ourselves and advertise ourselves as the maternal breed. Mm -hmm. But we're more than a maternal breed at the same time. And uh, if we look at our commercial breeders, uh, they're, they're, they're going to maybe do a terminal deal. And so if they're, they're raising a bunch of cattle for a terminal deal, they'll keep those same daughters for replacements that they're raising those steers for a terminal deal. So you kind of got to be a little bit of everything to everybody, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. To, to just go be a, a single deal, it won't work. And that's what these shorthorn cattle, I think, can really excel. And that's where the data comes in and tells us that. Well, and your partnership with IGS, you know, that, that's critically important and gives you a basis of comparison against other breeds, which is something that commercial producers are interested in. Um, but I, I think, you know, moving forward, the, the big thing for our business is going to be labor. And if you don't have uh, gate crashers and, and cattle that, that put people in the hospital and, and uh, you know, that people can actually walk around and work around by themselves and, and, and don't have to worry about uh, those kinds of things. I think that's a huge advantage for, for, for Shorthorn. The disposition of these cattle is outstanding. I love to shoot video of, of Shorthorn cattle because it's just no problem, you know. Yeah. And I'm a lot older than I used to, but I can't, I can't, can't move like I did. It's, uh, 
it, it's, it's an interesting position that we're in as far as our industry with seed stock producers versus commercial producers. And, and I think this family involvement that we, that we create from just association, that we all have a passion for what we do in agriculture, that, that becomes a big part of the marketing aspect of reaching out to people. And, and, and it's, it's that bond, I like to call it. And I, I think it, it, brings, it brings everybody together and, and you become customers and, and it just starts to make the world work the way it should work. The, one of the opportunities is, is that the kind of the um, generations of, of kids that we've raised that don't have access to things that make them work hard, you know, but work hard safely, you know, and I think, I think uh, people who, you know, what's happened since 2020 is a lot of people have moved into small towns, they've left places like Chicago and Kansas City, gone, gone out back, back home, you know. And now they've got their kids, they want their kids to do something, and I think that's also a huge opportunity for Shorthorn. You have a huge, successful uh, junior program, and, um, you know, that's the next generation. And uh, that, that's exciting to see that. And these youth are our future breeders. They're their future cattlemen. Mm -hmm. They're their future commercial cattlemen. They're future purebred cattlemen. Uh, they may go find another job in another industry, but they will come back to this industry because of that family bond and passion that they have for agriculture. I just got one last question that I'm going to find out something here maybe. <laughs> okay. So in five years from now, and we want to promote the breed, as we went through this strategic plan with our board, what are we going to have to have? What's going to be the changes? What's going to happen that we're going to need to do differently? Or, are we, or do we need to do today to be ready? The challenge is going to be, as this thing grows, making sure that, that, that people are selling the right kind of cattle and that they're focused on producing more with less. You know, I think that mm -hmm. uh, less water, less forage, less pasture that they can gain. Feed efficiency is going to be huge, I think, um, and that the end product is, is, um, is excellent and continues to, to be excellent. I think that the pressures, though, on our business are going to be much, much greater than they ever were. Public pressure, public scrutiny, and, and being able to tell a positive story about what we're doing is really, really important. And I've always said that, you know, when you put things on YouTube or Facebook or whatever that's positive about our business, it's kind of a buffer zone between yourself and the negative stuff that may come. And uh, you may not think about it for a while, but it's there. And if somebody's out there and they're Googling, you know, cattle production or ranching or whatever, and something positive comes up from the American Shorthorn Association, that's something that they saw that was positive that, uh, that PETA didn't put out in front of them, you know. And uh, so we serve, you know, the, the consumer. Um, they're going to be increasingly concerned. I think water is going to become the next big, the mm -hmm. next big crisis. But the whole efficiency of creating that animal that can do all those things and also create opportunity for ourselves is going to be central. Well, we've had another exciting episode of the Shorthorn Bullpen, and uh, we look forward to having you join us in the next episode. Uh, so stay tuned, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you here in another month. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Eric, for being part of us. Thank you, Monty. Until the next episode, this is Monty Soles signing off for the American Shorthorn Association.